Welcome to the Pubcast, your inside look at electronic publishing. From ebooks to websites to podcasts and more, join us as we interview the professionals on the cutting edge of publishing. Hello, my name is Rachel Martin, and joining me on the Pubcast today is Curtis Perdue, founder and editor of Interrupture, an online journal of poetry and art. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Not bad. Just getting home. So what do you do at Interrupture? What is your position? I'm the editor, just head editor. Uh, I founded it in 2011. Okay. And it was just me um, reading submissions and deciding what to include in each issue. I work closely with another one of, uh, another MFA alum from Emerson um, Mm -hmm. named Anna Pollock Nelson. She does, she did the design for the website. And I work closely with her to pick out the art for each issue. She has a really great eye for art. Um, So she does mostly that, but I do uh, help her decide. But mostly my role is just reading submissions and deciding what to put in. I've hired uh, an assistant editor about a year and a half ago who reads through some of the emails to help with the the load because we get so many. Um, But mainly I'm just deciding what to put in each issue. Cool. Uh, what's that process like? Like, What kind of art do you look at and say, this definitely belongs in this magazine versus something that wouldn't? In terms of just the art or both? Poetry and in, in artwork. Like, What kind of stuff are you looking for? Especially because the magazine is an online magazine, so I'm not sure if it changes based on what maybe you would put in a print publication versus an online yeah. publication. So our main goal is to... To include art that's not necessarily going to be included in like mainstream publications. Mm-hmm. You know, sort of our uh, mission is to include work that's kind of startling, surprising, uh, maybe a bit new, mm-hmm. uh, maybe a bit tough or difficult at f- uh, first read. We like our art to kind of reflect that as well. Um, so the artwork tends to be kind of wacky or weird definitely striking. Um, you know, it's hard to turn away from a lot of the artwork that we, um, publish. So it catches the eye right off the bat. And that's kind of like how we, how we like to think about the poetry as well is that it's something that's going to kind of shock you and and cause you to return to the site. So I'm looking for essentially like newness. Yeah. On your, on the about page, it says startle and assault the current, which I thought was a very interesting and eye catching phrase to use. Yeah. I just browsed a few issues in, in doing research and stuff, and I agree with you on the art. It is very hard to turn away from it. Yeah. Some of the art, I thought, like, it moved. Oh, well, there was one issue where we did, yeah. um, I think, they call it GIFs. Yeah, yeah. I think the artist's name, I wrote it down here, Henrique Lima? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was very interesting um, to put that in a magazine, because that's something that can only be really consumed right. electronically. Yeah. There's no way you could translate that into print. Yeah. So I guess my next question is, what kind of hand does Interrupture have in creating the new media that is like online literary magazines and electronically published media? We're, I think we're doing like pretty much the bare minimum, like the, the basic stuff, which is just getting poetry out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like the art component, I see art and poetry as very, very similar mediums. I agree. Yeah. I read a lot about art. 
And whenever I read about art, it just reminds me of like the poetry process and the way poets think about their work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whenever you read a print magazine, there's always artwork. Right. It just felt right to have something other than just poetry that would kind of like sort of brand us or set us apart from other magazines. I know other magazines do art, but we have a specific sort of aesthetic. Yeah, I agree. And I agree with that about uh, poetry. I I mentioned in the email that I write poetry yeah. too, and it's like, it's been an interesting journey approaching art through the lens of a poet and then yes. like connecting your ideas between poetry and art. Yeah. Um, I think your magazine does that in a very unique way. Like I said, the the way the artwork was moving was just like so shocking to me. I'd never seen that before. Yeah. I mean, I know some websites do like videos of poets reading. I've done that for sites or I'll record, you know, people record their voices and they can post them. So we haven't really gone into depth in that sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're just kind of more about the poem and the art kind of at its most basic form. And then we did, we did take a risk with the moving art, which was kind of cool. Was that received well? I don't know if you have a large feedback with with your audience, but we, I mean, we get, we do get, like, if a, if, if a cover art, like, gets posted on our Facebook page, uh, occasionally people will comment or our contributors will comment and be like, oh, the artwork is great for this issue because they won't see it until the issue comes out. And I think, yeah, people were really surprised by that. They thought it was really weird, but also really cool. That's awesome. And like you said, it was great because you wouldn't be able to put something like that into a print issue. Yeah. I noticed you guys did have um, a print issue up for sale. Um, it's like the first two years. Yeah. So we took, um, selected poems. It's not all of them, uh, from the first two years, which would be six issues. Okay. Um, I can't remember exactly how many, um, poems are in there. I want to say probably around like 25 or 30. It's a very small magazine. It was kind of like an experiment to kind of see what it would be like to get into the print world. And how did that go? How was the experiment? It was good. I mean, we raised money on a Kickstarter. Um, people were really supportive, which was great. So it was good to see like people believing in us mm-hmm. and wanting to see what would, what we could create. And then we we made a bunch and we sold some, and then we gave a bunch away. Um, I think the people that got them were really pleased. But I think you know the print industry is just a you know a struggling industry to be in, even if you are a successful magazine yeah. or journal. Um, but it was cool, you know, to learn more about the process, about pricing and different formatting and matting and, you know, how to design the cover. So it was, you know, it was something challenging, something new to work with. Yeah. How is it, I guess, how is it different than just putting it online? Because you must have to think about the ways that the art has the relationship with the poems and, and vice versa and how you lay it out and everything. Was it just like using different technology or was it a whole different set of skills that you had to have to create a print magazine versus an online one? Well, uh, fortunate for, fortunately for me, Anna majored in publishing. Okay. And so she did the majority of like the work work. Um, <laughs> that must have been nice. Yeah, it was. I mean, I, and she's the expert, so I didn't really want to try to act like I knew what I was doing. So most of my work around the print issue was like sort of figuring out how, where to put the poems on the page what size the font should be, what font we should use. Um, and there are a couple of other little like technical things um, that we had to work back and forth with. But it was a pretty easy process. Um, she does great work um, and is really efficient. 
and easy to work with. So I th it, it's hard to talk about the publishing um, process because we didn't have a deadline. It's not like we need to have this issue out by a certain time like other magazines do. We don't have a big staff, so it's not like we had to you know, argue, debate, um, consult with other people. So when you're working with only, you know, yourself and someone else, it, it was pretty easy. Okay. Um, so what kind of technical skills are involved in your position then, just like running the website um, and doing that kind of stuff? Do you guys use any technology besides just like web design? No, yeah, we, we don't really use anything. Uh, luckily, I, I had a friend um, in grad school whose husband designs websites and builds like the behind the scenes, you know, where you right. put all the in information in. And so he actually designed our website for us. Oh, okay. Uh, and so whenever we're ready to launch an issue, um, all I do is literally put the names in, put the poems in, um, and press save. Uh, sometimes the formatting, because, you know, with poems, they can be all over the place. The formatting can get kind of tricky, and we have to work through them. And sometimes that can take actually kind of a long time because – Poets can be very picky, and they want their margins a certain way, um, or the spacing between words a certain way. Yeah. Um, so we like to have everything done early enough so that we can make it the way the poet wants to see it. Right. So do they have the? Do the poets have any? Do they get to see it go up on the website, like a sneak preview before it goes up to make sure it looks the way they want it to look? Yeah, yeah. They'll um, they'll get a uh, what we call a proof. But uh, before we officially launch it, they uh, will get a link that only they can view. No one else okay. to view. And so they look at it to make sure there's no little typos. Um, and then, like, the formatting's correct. Their bio's updated um, before we officially launch. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, that's the few experiences that I've had seeing, like, book publishing. Yeah. The way they do proofs is very similar. But it's interesting that you would just give them a link to the, the yeah. page versus, like, sending them a document. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So going back to the print publication, uh -huh. um, what kind of audience did you have for that? Like, who was buying it? Where were you releasing it or advertising it? So we released it for AWP. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not, are you familiar with the conference? Um, I only know the acronym. I'm not sure what it stands for, though. It, it stands for, I mean, I think it stands for <laughs> the Association of Writers and Writing Programs. Okay. It was just this weekend in Minneapolis. Oh, okay. Um, and we were there um, actually giving them away because we had some left over. Um, but we originally did it for the AWP was in Boston in 2013. And so we were like, oh, it's been two years. We want we, we had a table at the book fair. And it's kind of silly to have a table at a book fair when you don't sell books in just an online journal. So that was sort of, you know, the origins of why we wanted to print something. And so when we printed it, our main audience was going to be people at this writing conference. And then any of uh, the people that contributed to the Kickstarter, of course, got one. Um, and yeah, so we still have some left over, and that's why it's on the website if you were interested in buying one. Yeah, I was noticing that um, Peter Shippey appears in there. I'm taking a class with him right now. He's, a, he's a, an important person in, in my career. Mm-hmm. He's influenced me quite a bit, and I really do I value his work a lot and his opinion. Yeah, he's, he's a very smart guy. I love when he brings in the same books that he reads to his children to read to us in class. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So are you guys working on any other projects like that right now, like another print issue or just uh, something separate? I, I think I'm, in my head I'm thinking five years maybe we'll do one. Mm -hmm. 
we've also kind of thrown the idea around of possibly printing books, like um, poetry books. Okay. But just chat books, not full length. Yeah. One thing we're doing now um, that's not print related, but it's a project working with a reading series in Boston, uh, Mr. Hip Presents, uh, which is a reading series in Jamaica Plain at an art gallery. Um, working with them to do like a, a an issue of all the the readers that have read for that reading series. Oh, okay. In, in a rupture. So we're in the process of soliciting um, all, many of the poets that have read over the past year and a half um, to make this sort of like featured issue. And so when you create a print issue or go into these new projects, do you think about adding new people to your team or is it just like the same team that you want to apply to a different area? I, I just, I don't know if we need a new team <laughs> or, or like additional people. That's the thing is, is I would love to have as uh, much help as possible, but since this isn't my full-time job, um, you know, it's hard. I, I, it's hard for me to find time right. um, to devote to it. And so I think also, it, yeah, like I said, we just don't need it. Um, we're very small, um, you know, just mainly online right now. And, you know, if we did print something, it's not like we would print probably more than like a hundred or a couple hundred copies. Right. Yeah. How does the fact that you guys print your issues for free online affect the, I guess, company aspect of it? Like, do, does, is that important to you? Was that important to you in creating the magazine that it was, yeah, the artwork was going to be available for free? Um, yeah, I, I didn't think about it in that sense when we started, just because, like, most websites are free. Yeah. I was kind of just thinking, I, I want there to be a space for, um, you know, poets that might not get a lot of exposure in bigger journals, but their work is just as good. Um so that people could access it quickly and easily mm -hmm. just click on, you know, a link or, you know, visit the website and find their work, um, for free. And then after like a while, you know, we thought about, you know, how are we going to pay for this? And it's just, you know, we're going to pay for it ourselves. Right. It's not a lot of money to keep a website alive. I mean, maybe like 150 bucks a year. And so I think it's really nice that, you know, people can enjoy you know, a magazine for free online. That's great. Yeah. I was noticing just, I think it's very, I don't consume a lot of online literary magazines. Most of the art I consume online is through like blogs and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so the way you have your website set up, I thought was pretty cool. The art, the artwork on one side and then the list of poets names yeah. on the other side. Um, most would have, I think most of the things that I've seen, it's just been like either personal blogs or like, they would have the title of the poem and then the, the author would be kind of um, underneath it somewhere. Right. Um, but I think it's nice that, that you have the the author's name as like where you would find the poetry, not necessarily chronologically organized by like the title of the poem. What thought process, if any, went into the design of the website? Because I know you mentioned you had yeah. a friend who did the design, but were you guys, was it mostly Anna or were you guys like involved in creating the aesthetic at all? That's a, that's a great question. Thank you. Yeah. So that was probably the most fun process. Awesome. Um, because we didn't, we really had no idea what we were going to do because we're starting brand new. You know, it's like, we're going to make a magazine. I, I don't want it to be a magazine that's going to stick around for a couple of years and then fail or pe we, pe we get bored or people get bored. I wanted it to be something that was visually pleasing, that looked beautiful. 
so what I did is I just started researching as much as I could. I just started going and visiting every po online poetry magazine that already existed. And there are a lot of them out there. And I found, and not just poetry magazines, but I found a lot of online sort of like journals or magazines to be very busy, not easy to navigate. And there were just like either ads or just like too many images, uh, too many links, you know, too many colors, too many different fonts, you know, like it just didn't look clean. It looked busy. And I wanted something that was very, very simple. Um, so once we decided that, we were like, all right, we want simplicity. Um, and we decided on the name. Um, I, my, uh, my fiance works at an architectural firm. And I asked her to speak with some of the design people she works with and see if they could come up with a design. So I sent them the name of our, our, our magazine, Interrupture, and I told them sort of like what I wanted people to think and feel when they saw the image. So like when they saw the title Interrupture, you know, like what would they think? What would they feel? What would they associate it with? And so she came back with like a lot of pretty crappy stuff. But then there was one thing I thought was pretty cool, which was the line down the middle and then the R's facing opposite direction. Yeah. And I was like, that's pretty cool because it kind of gets at our idea, like interrupt, rupture, oh, yeah. words together. We're trying to interrupt the current state of poetry. To shock and assault. Yeah, to blow things up uh, in a sense. And so when we got that back, then we started working with that. We liked the line. So then Anna started just drawing up, uh, literally drawing, like sketching different ways we could incorporate that logo, where it would appear on the page, where the art would appear on the page and what we'd include. And it was sort of just like process of elimination. We just kind of looked at each, each other, um, looked at each one, decided what we didn't like, what we did like. And so we narrowed it down and then she developed them even more. Um, till we got to this very clean, very simple, um, title with the line going all the way down, mm -hmm. um, and the links on the left side. It is a very, very simple website. I liked that about it too. Was there any thought process that went into the like tealish color that you have going on? I can't remember that far back if there was specifically. I mean, I'm drawn to that color. Maybe that's why I grew up in Miami. And so, you know, Art Deco, teal, pink, purple. But I thought it was just very, it's just kind of like easy on the eyes. Uh, it's very soft. Mm -hmm. And it's. It, I felt like it stood out well against the white backdrop. But the R's are different colors, correct? Yes, they're a little darker. That's nice. You mentioned just a second ago that there's just a mass amount of, of like blogs and lit mags on the internet. How does that affect your, I guess, market? How does that affect when you put out art? Are you ever worried that somebody's going to have the same idea that you're having or, or put out the same type of work and just sort of take away readers? Is that a thought process that you have? No, I don't see it as uh, them taking away readers. I, I see it as like us sharing readers. Um, cause there are magazines that, publish a lot of the same poets we publish and you know we share a lot of the same aesthetics and interests um but i still feel like there's not a website like ours in terms of the design and then the fact that you're getting one artist mm -hmm. featured with like five or six pieces of art so even though we're not very different we, we still stand out a little bit right from the crowd you feel individual yeah we yeah. do i mean i i, I like to think we do but there, the, in terms of all those other magazines, I mean, it's very. I, there is like a sense of competition. Yeah. It, it's not sort of like aggressive or I want to be number one, but there is like 
okay, well, they're doing something similar to me, and so are they. And then a, another magazine opens, and then another one, and then next year, you know, there's going to be more, and there are more kids graduating that have this interest in creating magazines. So I think really what I think is going to make us stand out is how long we last. I see a lot of ma online magazines start up, and then within three to five to eight years, they get taken down. And it's, Maybe that's going to happen to us, maybe not. But I, I, I see that as the difference among online magazines is how long they last. Yeah, yeah there seems to be like a cutoff point with magazines or yes. any kind of blog and online medium, really. Like if you make it past the five or the eight year mark, yeah. you're going to last. And if you yeah. don't, like, sorry, which seems kind of heartbreaking almost, especially for a publication it's... that promotes free art and giving voices to those people who may not get them in mainstream publication. It's also sad because those poems disappear forever. Yeah. Like the site isn't maintained, whereas if you printed them 10 years ago, they're still going to be out there somewhere. Does that motivate the desire for a chapbook someday? Yeah, I think that's definitely, you know, one of the reasons why we want to at least get some print things out there. If you did do a print magazine, would it still, or a chapbook or whatever type of medium, would it still have the one artist accompanying the several poets? No, so if we did a, an issue, I don't, Unless we could, you know, get the rights from the artists. It's also hard, like, all of our art is in color, and it's pretty expensive. And I imagine translating the vibrancy that your, exactly. your artists bring is going to be yeah. a challenge. But if we were to do, like, a chapbook, like, like an individual poet's book, then we'd, we'd design a cover. It may be art. It may be, you know, something graphic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. Those are all the questions I have for okay. you. Thank you so much for talking to me. Oh, this is great. Thank you. How is Emerson? It's great. I'm graduating next semester, so I'm sort of like lost. Don't know what I'm going to do, but you know, maybe I'll start a lit mag. You should. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. I mean, if you want to be a part of the community, that's the reason I started it. Yeah. You know, I didn't, I, after, I kind of had a fear of feeling lost like you uh, right before I finished my MFA. Mm -hmm. And I was like, how can I stay involved? And it was like, start a magazine. Really? Yeah. By the way, I'm always reading. Like, I always have to read. Yeah. Even if I don't want to, I'm reading. And kind of gives me an idea of, like, what's being published, uh, what shouldn't be published, you know, what people are sending out. And then uh, I can build relationships with the people that I do accept and, you know, you know, develop that relationship over time. I noticed on your website you have a page that's it's titled, like, something like Stuff We Like or something. And it has, yeah. like, the list of other magazines yeah. online. What kind of relationship does your magazine have with those magazines? Is it just like your personal friends that you've made or is it like you so both agree to promote? Yeah, some of them are, uh, none of them have agreed. Like we didn't make an agreement. It was literally just like, these are, these are where like a lot of our poets that we publish are getting published. So we kind of have similar styles. And then also they're just places that I really like and I really value sort of their take on poetry and what they publish. Um, and some of them I do know personally, you know, some of them are my friends that I've met over the years and some of them I've never even met before, but I just like what they're doing. So that's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you for talking to me, Curtis. I really okay. appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Have a good night. You too. This has been the PubCast. Find more episodes, read our blog, or send feedback by visiting us on the web at www.thepubcast.org.